How do fitness professionals who aren't marketing and technology experts build a profitable business? This podcast uncovers the secrets of fitness leaders who've already found financial freedom so you can take paid vacations, save for retirement, and work from anywhere in the world. I'm Kenton Boutwell, joined by co-host Nick Clayton, and this is the Fitness Leaders Podcast. Welcome to the Fitness Leaders Podcast, Episode Zero. Today, we're going to be talking about our backgrounds and how we went from being personal trainers to where we are today. So without further ado, we're going to get started. How you doing today, Nick? Ken, I'm doing great out here in Southern California. How about yourself? I'm doing well. I'm here in Nashville. It's a sunny day. It's uh, I think the high is 97, so it's going to get hot real quick. <laughs> don't envy that but yeah let's talk a little bit about you nick um i know you went to the university of florida uh the gators i believe okay. home of the gatorade supposedly the best um exercise science school as i've heard but yeah do you want to tell us a little bit about how you ended up there yeah uh great question so i started out and grew up in new jersey uh did my undergrad there in uh, corporate health promotion. Wasn't sure really what I wanted to do in the field. Uh, As I was going into my junior and senior year, I thought about physical therapy, med school, strength conditioning, all these different things. But what I did know is that I loved learning and education. So I decided, hey, I'm gonna go grad school. So yes, I looked at uh, two or three different places, uh, all sunny weather and great programs. So uh, it was San Diego State, University of Florida were the main two. Got into both, uh, went to my mom at the time and said, hey, mom, I got into both. I'm real happy. I think I'm going to California. And she just looks at me with those motherly eyes and says, California is so far away. So I ended up at the uh, at the University of Florida where, yes, they invented Gatorade. And it's funny, the, uh, the running joke is the first batches of Gatorade basically tasted like sweat because it was so specific. So the flavors came along a lot later. But, uh, but yeah, go Gators. I was there for four national championships, two in football, two in basketball. And uh, it was a great time. Were you there with, when uh, Tebow was there? I was there with Tebow, uh, Urban Meyer, the, the Gator basketball team with Joe Kim Noah and all those guys. It was, it was a great time to be in Florida. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like it. Well, that's really cool. So were you already, I guess, into fitness before you – you know, decided to go there and and study fitness? Were you like an avid person with exercise and working out? What were you doing from that perspective? Yeah, uh, that's a great question. So I was, look, I'm I'm five, six. I'm kind of built like a tugboat. So I'm a bit of an overachiever physically just because I'm not the fastest and I know the best endurance. I'm kind of a, a mutt. But I grew up playing soccer, loved working out. It was my like mental solace. And honestly, my, you know, I watched my dad growing up. He worked, you know, a corporate job, commuted two hours a day, both ways, came home unhappy. And I'm like, I, I don't want to do that. I don't want to sit at a desk, clock in, take a paycheck. I want to do something I love. So that kind of always put me in the realm of, of fitness because it was my natural niche and something I was always real passionate about. Yeah. So you had, so I, had you ever worked at a gym or anything or trained anybody before you went to school? No. Uh, I mean, undergrad, like I, I worked in the rec centers for a bit. I, I watched like a fitness center desk at a community college. <laughs> okay. Um, I got you. I got yeah. You. That was it. I got to, I got to Florida. 
packed up everything I had in my car. And uh, while I was doing my my grad school work, I got a job at Gainesville Health and Fitness. And that's really where I launched my personal training career. Okay. So you were there going to school. Did you learn a lot? Was that a good experience for you? Yeah, it, it was a great program. It was a little more research-based than I wanted it to be. I was hoping it would be more practical. Since I left, they've actually made it really practical. But it was awesome. It was, I mean, everything in depth that you could ever get into, which is great. And then doing that while I was personal training was also a great experience because it really helped me apply everything I was learning. You know, so you can read stuff and learn about research. But if you're not working with people and applying it, it, it doesn't sink and set in as much. Right. So you're saying while you were studying or getting your um, master's in exercise science at the University of Florida, you also started working at the rec center at the university. Is that correct? No. Well, no. So I started uh, while I was doing my master's in exercise science at UF. I worked at Gainesville Health. So I did that. My master's was 2000 to 2002. And I worked at Gainesville Health and Fitness as a personal trainer from 2000 to about 2004. Uh, and then I, then I made the jump, jumped over to running the rec centers at the University of Florida. Okay, I got you. So you were at a Gainesville, a gym, you know, in, in the city or whatever, and then you started at the rec center. So anything you want to say about the Gainesville experience? Yeah, I mean, it, it was great. Um, there's a few lessons learned that, you know, stuck with me. So one, the uh, the owner is amazing, Joe Cerulli. Uh, you can Google him. He's got some really cool stories, like how he got started, everything that he's done. You know, he owns three gyms in a small city and is worth somewhere upwards of $20 million. Really? Well, maybe we'll have to get him on here then. It sounds like a fitness leader to me. Yeah. Well, and the reason I bring that up was, you know, I started there as a personal trainer, one of something like 40 trainers. So it was a nobody, you know, working part time while I'm doing my grad school. And I did think at some point, maybe I'll own a gym. So I saw him one day and said, hey, Joe, you know, do you, do you mind if I just ask you a few questions about it? And this guy who's, you know, big time uh, presents club industry, travels the world. He's like, let's go to Starbucks. So we're there for three hours. And he just opens up and he's just just the most honest person. But some of the nuggets that he taught me were, you know, like do things for the right reason. Treat all of your employees, especially the frontline people, like they are the kings because it's your janitors and your front desk people that are the frontline that see all your customers members. They know everything that's happening and they set the tone. When people come in the door, they're the ones over everybody else that are going to make the experience for people. Um, so that was one thing. The other piece was when I started Gainesville Health, they had a great system. So you get hired. I think it took a month to go through three interviews and a bunch of other stuff and training. Um, but you get put on a team of about eight other people. You have a master level trainer that's working with you. There's weekly meetings with them. There's monthly con ed meetings. And I thought it was great. You know, and I assumed that this was all personal training. After I left there, I realized quickly that that is not the norm. <laughs> I can, yeah, for sure. I can tell you that. So when yeah. I started, I didn't, it was kind of just, I didn't have anybody to learn from. I would kind of figure it out yourself. So, yeah. But uh, I think the thing that I realized was, you know, working in personal training, you only have so many hours in a day and you can only train when your clients want to train. Um, so when I got good and, and real busy, you know, I was at the gym 15 hours a day, you know, to, to make a decent living, but. I, can I keep this up, you know, working 60, 70 hours a week 
to make $60,000 a year. Like this doesn't seem to work. So that kind of prompted me to move over to University of Florida and, and move into more of a management role. Yeah. So you left there, it sounds like, and then you started at the rec center at the university. Yep. So we had a, at the rec center, it was completely different. So there were, there were three rec centers. There's 45,000 students. Uh, I was essentially managing all fitness programs. So I think I had about 200,000 square feet of gym space, um, hundred part-time employees, uh, five or 10 full-time employees and grad students. Um, so it was a shock to the system because I was a really good personal trainer but that was management. And I learned real quick. I don't know how to hire people. I don't know how to coach people, you know, from the business side of things. Um, you know, I, I'll tell you the first grad students I hired, they were just like me. And I thought it was great. I'm like, this is going to be a great time, great experience. And it was awful. You know, we all had the same strengths. We're all big picture guys and no one was a detail guy. And uh, that first year was rough. You know, there were just so many mistakes and gaps in management that it, it, it kind of taught me a lot of lessons that look, personal training is different than management. You know, they're not the same. And the best trainer does not make the best fitness manager and vice versa. Yeah, it's a definitely a, a different skill set. So you were working at the rec center. And then if I remember correctly, you is that what prompted you to go and get your MBA there as well? Yeah, yep. So timeline wise, uh, graduated my master's in exercise science in 2002, left Gainesville Health in 04 to work at the rec centers. Um, about, it was right around 05. It was after that first year where I'm like, I don't, I don't know how to do this. Like I'm getting by, it's good. But I'm like, there's, there's just too many questions that I have. Um, so I started the working professional MBA program. So it was one weekend a month for 27 months. And uh, I mean, it was it was horrendous. It was Saturdays were 10 hour days. Sundays were eight hour days. And then just a ton of group work in between. Um, so it was a lot on top of work, but it was also amazing. You know, the the amount that I learned, you know, and it was able to apply was was game changing and it opened a lot of doors for me down the road. Yeah, you were. The guy sounds like at uh, Florida. So anyway, you um, you got your degree at Florida, your exercise science degree. Worked at some gyms, went up into management, went and got your MBA. And then after that, at some point, I'm assuming you left there and I believe you went to Texas, correct? Yeah. Yep. So I uh, got hired on to start a sports performance program for the team doc for the Texas Rangers, his private facility, TMI. So he had uh, he had his medical offices there. He had a sports physical therapy program there and he wanted to bring in sports performance. And he loved my athletic background. When I was personal training, I worked with a lot of post rehab, just did a lot, a lot more emphasis on injury prevention. It was just kind of where my expertise and passions were. Um, and then having the MBA, kind of knowing how to run a business, I think was a trifecta for him. So he had brought me out and uh, I started a sports performance program there. We basically worked pro yeah, well, who Hold on, let's back up here. But you were at Florida, right? What prompted you to leave there? Did you meet? What was it, the guy's name? That's named the, the uh, Dr. Keith Meister. Keith Meister. Okay. And did you meet him in Florida? How did you end up, you know, why did you even leave the rec center or, and, and go there? Yeah. So it was around 2007. I had met Dr. Meister. He was a team doc for the Florida Gators at the time, around that time. So I'd made a connection and he was a New York guy, a New Jersey guy. We kind of hit it off. 
fast forward a few years later, he moved out to Texas to take a job with Texas Rangers. He kind of prompted me and said, hey, we need someone that can run a sports performance program, but start up from the ground up. So the business aspect and the training aspect. So I looked at that opportunity and thought, this is too good to be true. So I got I to gotta jump ship and move out to Texas. Okay. And what part of Texas was that? Oh, good old Dallas. Okay. Arlington. That's a big city. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've been there myself. I was in the military and the Air Force. And I was in San Antonio and Wichita Falls and all up through Texas. But um, that sounds really cool. So you got to work with the Rangers? Uh, it was their private side. So anyone that going through rehab, I get those guys. So they'd be post-rehab, uh, off-season training for people. Um, and then there's just a ton of pro baseball players that live in the Dallas area. So wintertime, it was a lot of pro baseball guys, pretty much across the board. Got to work with a lot of up-and-coming basketball guys in the G League. Just all the random people that would come through to see the, the doc for knee surgery, shoulder surgery, elbows. So they'd go through the rehab, and then it was, it was kind of a no-brainer for them to stay in the system. Because we had a great, great way of handing people off from, look, injury, rehab, performance, okay. all under the same umbrella. That makes sense. So, yeah, you were getting them in there uh, initially through, with the injury, it sounds like. And then, you know, after they had their surgery or whatever, um, the doc did and fixed them up. And then they kind of stayed on with you guys and you rehabbed them. And, you know, y'all had a, a full circle event. So you were there. How long, how long did you um, work there for? Uh, I was there three years. Okay. And then you went uh, to the NSCA after that. Is that right? Yep. National Strength and Conditioning Association. So uh, I loved my job in Texas. It was good. But again, I was back working, you know, 15 hours a day, you know, in the trenches. And I definitely enjoyed and I found that I'm, I'm much more passionate about building and growing as opposed to kind of the day to day doing. So a job came up with the National Strength and Conditioning Association. I got certified with them in early 2000s. Texas was, you know, people love Texas. Uh, I'm not a Texas guy. It's, it's a little <laughs> too dry, not enough parks and, and mountains. And NSCA was, is in Colorado Springs. So uh, I was like, I, I got to take this opportunity. This could be real cool. Yeah. And so what job was it that you applied for? So I moved in. I, I mean, I took a big step back career-wise. And I started as the CEU uh, recertification coordinator. So essentially helping people managing the research process. So I did that for six months, uh, moved into an education manager role, and then they moved me into a new position that they had just started as personal training program manager. So it was essentially all things personal training with the NSCA CPT certification. So I did everything from creating content to um, video series to putting together conferences and clinics to presenting across the world. It, it was amazing. It was pretty much everything that like uh, a fit pro would want to do without actually being in the trenches and training people. Yeah. So you eventually ended up being in charge of educating personal trainers, right? Yep. Yep. Ran the, basically drove the educational system that we had, um, but also got to play like in the marketing space with messaging and, and making sure that basically the needs of 20,000 people that were working as personal trainers with the NSCA were supported. Yeah, that's that's a, a big gig. So how was, um, you know, I'm curious, I've never been to Colorado, Colorado Springs, the NSCA, but like what, you know, what is it like 
at their office at their headquarters is there a gym there is it like a cubicle i mean what what are we talking yeah it's the mecca it's it's cool if you've never been you can go especially if you're a member um you can call them up say hey you know i want to come swing by check it out so they've got a, a performance center which is open to some athletes but it's mostly just for education clinics and experiences so it's like a i think it's about a six thousand square foot facility with basically all the bells and whistles it's a showcase, you know, and, and a lot of product sponsors obviously want to have their stuff in there as well. So all the new things would be in there. All the all the good stuff was in there. Um, so that was the centerpiece. Uh, there's a, about a 50 yards of turf out in the front. When you look out the windows, a lot of glass, you see Pikes Peak, um, the 14,000 foot mountain. Um, and then there was, other than that, it was, you know, standard offices, some cubicles offices. Yeah, it is it is a cool place to be. Yeah, it sounds like a really great place and a nice uh, training facility too. So, during up until this point, are you you know, are you still training people at all when you're at the NSCA or are you just totally focused on trainer education? Totally focused on trainer education. I've always I would say since early 2000s, I've always done online training mostly programming and coaching people. So writing monthly programs um, with primary emphasis more on uh, injury prevention. So people that, you know, come in, they say, Hey, I'm, I'm healthy. I've been cleared for PT, but I just can't get my hips right. I just can't get my, my back right. I just can't get this right. And that's kind of my bread and butter is helping people train smart and hard. And I hate saying reduce injury risk, but, you know, to get them more resilient. So mostly virtual, not a whole lot of hands-on, a lot of uh, a lot of seminars and sessions, interns, and then random groups that would come in. Right. So it sounds like you were doing, uh, you know, a little bit of remote coaching and stuff too, even while you were there, you know, kind of sharpening the saw, as they call it. So anyway, you you were at the NSCA running the personal training department, and at some point you left there, I think, and you went to work for another certification, the pain-free performance specialist certification, I believe. Is that correct? That is correct. PPSC. Um, so it's a funny story, kind of how I, how I just moved along in my career. You know, I would almost say it's a bit luck, but it's also, you know, working hard and then opportunity pre presents itself. So a lot of my role in the last few years was conferences and clinics. So I would do two or three a year where I'd basically build basically the whole framework of, hey, here's who we want to present. Here are the topics that we want to present on. So I got to reach out and, and know all these guys like Stu McGill, John Russ, and Ray Cook. Like I basically got to call them up and say, hey, we would love for you to present. And they would they would respond and say like, well, I would love to present. <laughs> so I got to know a lot of those guys. But I think it was 2017 or 18, right? Dr. John Russell come in and he runs pain-free performance specialist certification super well-known uh, sports physical therapist and, and now online trainer and coach with tons of programs and hands and everything. But we're at lunch one day between sessions and I, I'm, I'm talking to him just off the cuff, you know, about our backgrounds and I'm dating a girl that lives in California. And uh, he's like, well, do you think you're going to stay at NSCA? And I said, well, it depends who's going to get a job first. So I'm looking for either remote work or something in Cali or she's looking in Cal Colorado. And he just kind of laughs and he's like, well, I've been kind of running this thing on my own and uh, I need someone to manage it. And he's like, I need a, a chief operating officer. So what do you think? 
So uh, we talked a bit more and I said, uh, well, I know you're from Wisconsin. I can't move to Wisconsin. <laughs> and he laughs. He's like, yeah, I get it. He's like, this job can be remote. It's going to be a lot of travel. You're building it, bootstrapping it from the ground up. So uh, yeah, fast forward. And uh, I jumped ship and started working with him. Yeah. Well, do you want to maybe tell us a little bit about the pain-free performance specialist certification? And I mean, kind of, you said you were the chief operating officer. What is that? You know, I guess I'm, I'm just curious, what did you learn from there? What, you know, what exactly were you doing? How was your experience working with Dr. Uh, Rushin? He's pretty uh, well known in the industry, right? Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, a lot to unpack there. I'll try and go through quick. So the, the PPSC was great. Uh, it is great. So it's a two-day certification course, weekend education course, and it's probably the most practical applied thing I've ever seen in terms of how to actually train clients, how to coach them, how to get them stronger, you know, and, and improve resiliency. It's just very practical and applied. So I loved it. It was all the things that I was doing with my clients and coach people up. So strategic warmups, you know, addressing weak links, you know, teaching people how to position right and get stronger, stabilize joints. So it's fantastic. As far as my role, it was kind of, it was kind of everything at the start. So it was everything from, you know, traveling around the country. I think we did three weeks in Asia uh, that first year, just getting these seminars up and running. I worked to secure deals with a lot of commercial gyms to put the PPSC in their con ed system helped bring on new presenters, master presenters, train them, run masterminds, handle the contracts, basically get people paid. It was kind of a jack of all trades. Yeah, it sounds like you're doing a lot of, you know, wearing a different, a lot of different hats, as they say. But yeah, that's, that's really cool. Um, maybe I'll have to check out that search sometime. I think I've seen, you know, some stuff online just about it, but it looks really cool. And so kind of fast forward to I guess, present day, right? You were there and then, you know, what happened? You obviously left and now you're doing, you know, you're doing your own thing with Clayton Fit, but do you want to tell us a little bit about your transition out of there and into, you know, your what you're doing currently? Yeah. So I, I would say probably since I started my master's degree and I, I still kick myself to this day, I had always wanted to do my own thing. Uh, had I started in 2006, it would have been great because now it seems like there's so many people doing it so much competition, but I always had that itch to do my own thing. COVID hit and basically everything shut down. So I thought, you know what, now, now is the time for me. If I'm ever going to do my own thing, this is going to be it. So I started, uh, I guess, end of 2000, uh, early 2001, sorry, 2020, 2021. Started basically a website. I do online coaching. I've got a flagship program called Core Store. Thanks to Ken. Thank you for your help with that. I do consulting and education. So I'm kind of doing a lot of similar things, but building my business with lowest hanging fruits first. So that's the flagship program and online training. Now I'm building up uh, other projects and programs that I'm working on. Yeah, well, that's awesome. Do you want to tell our listeners a little bit about Core Restore since you brought it up? What is Core Restore? Yeah, uh, so Core Restore is an online program delivered through GymCloud. It is essentially a six-week program to help people get their core back. So restore their hip mobility, restore their, restore their core stability, and it goes through three phases. So the first two weeks is basically rebuilding your foundation, teaching you to breathe, opening up movement patterns. The second level is you rebuild your strength. So it's getting people stronger and building endurance in those positions. So 
we start basically ground-based and we get a little more functional and that leads into phase three which is core perform and that's a lot of your your carries your twists your med ball throws your functional core core capacity so it's all designed basically as a you can either do it standalone or you can plug it into your current workouts it's two to three days a week warm-ups are about eight minutes the workouts are about 10 minutes but it kind of plugs in perfect for people that just you know they're not in pain you know they're not going to their doctors and doctors saying hey don't do anything you know it's just those random aches and pains that people deal with or they've been released from physical therapy and they need that transition and they just need more stability that's kind of my ideal client and uh what's cool is you know and you'll know this uh i had, had i've been running this program with my clients for years put everyone through it works real well but i was always super intimidated by like all right, how do I actually build this? Like I was going to do a PDF with an Excel spreadsheet and then I found found you and you kind of helped me put it all into an app and now we're up and running and this thing's making me money when I'm sleeping. Yeah, well, that's awesome. I do want to ask you one kind of last fun question, um, more of a fitness question, less about, you know, business, but what maybe you could elaborate on kind of like your, you know, training style, your fitness philosophy, like how, you know, what were you doing with your workouts and stuff all the way back from, you know, when you started at Florida state, um, how has that kind of changed? Um, are you still doing the same type of workouts? What's kind of your, you know, own personal fitness philosophy as far as what, what you do to keep healthy? That's a great question. So I had started out, uh, I played soccer through my entire youth. Um, you know, being a smaller guy, you know, not the fastest, not the strongest, not the most, not the best endurance, kind of built like a tugboat. Um, and in all, in all honesty, I should have been either a gymnast or a bodybuilder based on my genetics, but it started working out and uh, it was your standard bodybuilding programs. You know, I'd open up, you know, you name the magazine and I'd find Ronnie Coleman's workout. So I'd, you know, I'd be doing squats and leg presses and leg extension and calf raises and inner thigh machines. And, and I got, I got real big. I think I put on like eight pounds of muscle. I got real slow, uh, had a real bad back injury playing soccer and did I hurt my knee. And I just kind of realized through the rehab process and all the education that look, there's a better way to train. Not everyone needs to train like a bodybuilder unless you're trying to be a bodybuilder. So fast forward. And I think probably over the past 15 years, I follow a pretty similar structure. And so I, I would almost, I don't, I don't want to say the word CrossFit, but it's, I call it smart fit. So it's, you know, a strategic warm up where you identify weak links and strengthen them. Then you hit either a power strength exercise and then you work into circuits. So based on if I'm working more on conditioning or if I'm trying to put on size or if I'm trying to get more injury prevention, it's usually a three or four cycle circuit and then finish up with accessories. So I'm kind of in and out in 50 minutes and, you know, I'm 43 and competing in mountain bike races, doing crazy hikes, chasing dogs around the park. And I feel good. I look good enough for 43 and uh, it's kind of kept me young. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. You definitely don't look like you're 43. So kudos to you. And, and it really sounds like you kind of have your own fitness system, if you will. And I think that's, you know, one of the important things that all fitness professionals need is to have some kind of system. And, but, you know, great. Definitely a, a great plan. Yeah. Yeah. I think having, having a system that you use is essential. Uh, I, I used to spend, you know, two hours a week, you know, writing three clients workouts. Like th this is not efficient or effective. Um, so I kind of came up with this just 
system or blueprint where I have basically it's all tiered out. And then I just plug and play with the exercises based on the client's needs. Um, so I know it's effective just based on the results that my clients have gotten. And it takes me a 10th of the time to write really good workouts. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. And, you know, thanks for sharing that with us. Thanks uh, for telling us your story. Oh, appreciate it. I'm curious. Uh, so, I mean, you, we kind of got together through the gym cloud app. You helped me build my flagship program, but, uh, but yeah, I'd love to hear kind of how you got started. You have a military background, right? Uh, yeah. I, I um, actually joined the uh, air force when I was 18 in high school. I was still in high school. I think when I got sworn in, if I remember correctly, but yeah, I just, Wanted to, I'm from Mississippi originally, but you know, I kind of wanted to get out of, um, definitely not any fitness stuff where I'm from. There wasn't even a a gym there to be honest with you, but kind of got started working out through martial arts. But anyway, yeah, I joined the military and spent some time in Texas with them, went to boot camp there and, uh, spent a little time there training. You will, you will have to make a trip out to Colorado Springs. That is where the air force Academy is. It is an amazing facility in the foothills um, of the Rockies. Uh, it's about 15 minutes away from NSCA, so you can stop there. They have about a 13 and a half mile mountain bike loop that I did. Uh, I don't know. I've done it probably 100 times. It's just an amazing place. But enough about that. So how did you go from military and the Air Force to getting into personal training and fitness? Like I was saying, I was um, doing martial arts, and that was really kind of what got me in the fitness I was doing, um, jujitsu and, you know, I don't know if you've ever seen the UFC. I'm sure you have by now. Everybody has kind of blown up, but back then, you know, it was just, had just started and long story short, uh, uh, the Gracie family kind of started that with Gracie jujitsu. I got into jujitsu and, and training for that. And that I wanted to, to get better at that. And I just knew that, you know, obviously a lot of, martial artists they have to do fitness stuff too to get strong and into shape that kind of got me you know training for those competitions and things got me into the fitness world i wanted to get stronger and 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 in better shape um so i started i actually you know started kind of teaching people martial arts and then you know that kind of led me in in, into fitness in the sense that those things are just intimately intertwined i guess yeah, absolutely. So when you started off in personal training, you know, was it standard workouts for clients or with your martial arts background? Was it more, was it different? Yeah. And I mean, to kind of answer your question even further, I started doing training really so I could keep doing martial arts, but yeah, I integrated that in, you know, I used, I used to do boxing with people, you know, that seems to be really popular. I've seen a lot of other trainers doing that, but yeah, I would teach them, um, you know, work with them on the myths and different things like that. And I actually worked at like a fitness uh, boxing place for a little bit here um, in Nashville, a place called TKO. But, you know, there's tons. I think, I, you know, I've seen a kind of an explosion in that side of the fitness industry recently. You know, there's a lot of like boxing gyms and like even the UFC, they have their own gym. And I, I saw like Floyd Mayweather. It looks like he's started up some kind of boxing thing and you got like title boxing and all these other things. But yeah, I definitely integrated that into my training. Very cool. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, a lot of niches and a lot of community building seems to be the trend and that's here to stay. Anyway, so how long were you at the YMCA? Yeah, so my first job um, was at the YMCA. I, I got 
started working there. And then I just realized there that, you know, there was going to be a limit, uh, income ceiling is what I call it on how much money I can make uh, training people, you know, cause I was just limited to, you know, how many hours can I train for? Right. And then also when you're working at, you know, a big box gym, they're taking a large uh, portion of, of your check too. You know, you get a, most trainers get like a small percentage and a, and a lot of gyms, they probably charge, you know, 50 to a hundred bucks an hour and they pay the trainer, you know, whatever, maybe it's 20 bucks out of that 50 to a hundred. But, you know, it really hit me hard that, you know, it's going to be hard to make a good, a good living, you know, obviously you can get by, but it's, it's different to, you know, make a, a really good living and, you know, have money to do the things that you want to do and have freedom, not to mention, you know, training, you have crazy hours, right? You're there very early in the morning. And then there's usually some kind of midday gap. And then you got to go back in the evening, but it's hard to have a normal life. But I was there for, I think, probably five or six years. And, and during that time, you know, like I said, I came to these realizations and decided to start my own personal training company. And so I was kind of building that up and I was still working at the Y, but on the side, you know, kind of building my own uh, personal clients and, and training them at a different facility to where I was like just paying a fee to use that facility. And I was getting to keep most of that money, you know, but I think I was there, like I said, about five to six years while I was kind of building that up. And then until I could transition, you know, into, into full-time doing my own training company. So tell me a little bit about your own training company. That's, you know, I think that's a dream for a lot of trainers. What was it like? Yeah, well, it was called KB Fitness, you know, after my initials, but um, started the LLC. And like I said, I had a deal worked out with just like a local gym here in Nashville um, to where I could just, you know, pay them a flat fee and use the space and, you know, I could charge, they didn't really, they didn't regulate how much I charged because that, that had nothing to do with them, but it was good. You know, it was still, you know, I'm, I'm, I was able to make more money, you know, and in less time, cause now I'm getting to keep most of my, my pay. Uh, but once again, you know, I realized that there's still this income so, and it all boiled down to being at the gym, right? I'm basically just trading my time, uh, for money and I love training. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think, you know, spending, for most people, you know, 40 hours a week, you know, it's really hard to get that kind of um, clientele and to maintain it. And then it's very taxing on you, you know, because training, you know, you're one-on-one -on -one with these people and you got to be on, you know, normally most people who work a 40 hour a week job, they're, you know, they're not, nobody, somebody's not with them, you know, for every single hour to where you're engaging with them. So it's, it's a very difficult job to do. And so I decided at some point there to, you know, I wanted to own my own gym. I thought that was the next step to open up my own facility and kind of give a more backstory. Like I had, I decided to go back to school and get my um, graduate degree, just like you did. I went here in Tennessee though, in exercise science, I thought that would, you know, help me with my career. And so I was in school too, during all that and decided to open up my own gym. I hope I answered your question. Yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> So now your master's degree, tell me a little bit about that. What was, what was the program like? Yeah, I went to, um, MTSU, Middle Tennessee State University. That's the biggest college in, in Tennessee, but you know, um, it was interesting cause I had been out of school for a while at that point. So I had to go back and take like the GRE 
and you know kind of get re- back reacquainted with the educational system but it, you know it was it was an interesting experience um you know i kind of went into a field that you know i i didn't really like i said i had a liberal arts degree and changed to you know getting a, a master's in a science field totally different thing but you know just i just learned a lot about the science you know of fitness and exercise and you know how that works and and just really just learned a lot about the physiology and uh, i even went to um uh kentucky for a semester as you know part of my um they didn't have um this program i was in was more physiology based and you probably know a lot of the the exercise programs are either kinesiology or they're more uh, physiology heavy, but I wanted to learn more about the movement. And when I went to this program, I didn't really know, I didn't even understand that those were kind of like the two divisions, you know, I just knew I wanted to study exercise, but then I found out after I got in, okay, now there's this physiology side that's more about the science. And then there's the kinesiology side, which is more about the movement. Um, So I went there, took some, some kinesiology courses and, you know, I also had to do an internship and, you know, I went to a kettlebell gym here in Nashville and that's kind of how, you know, I'm kind of giving you this information cause that's kind of where I, where I ended up the type of gym I ended up opening was kind of a result of that. So, but it was a good experience overall. Yeah. It's uh to interject or sidestep for a second. You know, one of the questions I get, especially when I was at NSCA all the time from up and coming trainers was, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about getting my master's degree. You know, I've, and I've found just over the years, and this is just my opinion, but the trainers that have a background or an education, not exercise science related, do a little better. So it's, it's pairing those things. So having a liberal arts degree or a psychology degree or a business degree, it does so much more just in terms of how to manage clients, you know, how to think more like a business owner and then pairing that with an exercise science degree. So if you do an undergrad exercise science, I would always recommend people like, look, if you want to be in the field, you know, strength conditioning or in personal training, diversify, get, get more of a business education or marketing and vice versa. If you have that as your bachelor's, you know, and then you're looking for more, follow your route. I think that's just, opens your mind up to all the systems that go into being a successful entrepreneur, which is ultimately what all personal trainers are. Um, So I'll get off that box. Um, No, but you're right. I mean, you really, I mean, trainers are entrepreneurs, unless you plan on working at like a gym, you know, for the rest of your life or somebody else, then you're going to have to become an entrepreneur. And that is really, you know, one of the biggest lessons I had to learn too. You know, it doesn't matter how many credentials you have, you know, if you got a, masters or you got all these other certs in the industry your, your clients they don't know about that stuff they don't even really care i mean they're buying and investing in you and you know now looking back on everything the biggest skill that trainers need to learn is is about you know they need to learn about business about products and services and then you know how to market and sell those uh services yeah i mean even, even building a, a training system that you use uh, and related clients that, that all fits more back into the business side of things. Yeah. So anyway, so you were doing your own thing, renting space, then you opened a gym. Yeah, that's right. It was called Evolve Fitness Nashville. And like I was saying, as part of my graduate degree, I had to do an internship and 
I did an internship at a kettlebell gym here with a guy named David uh, Whitley, and and you can look him up if you're interested. But he um, worked for a company called Strong First. He had his own gym here, but he was a master uh, kettlebell instructor. And, you know, that was a great experience. I learned a lot from him. And, you know, at some point, he decided to close down his gym and transition, you know, into you know, just his own business. But long story short, he asked me if I was interested in, you know, taking over the gym or starting my own thing. And that, you know, I had already been thinking about it, like I was telling you. And so, you know, it was just a natural progression for me to to open my studio. And I did. And I had a business partner too, you know, that I had partnered up with and, and we um, started doing that. And at that point I became a business owner, a studio, you know, a gym owner. So talk a little bit about that, because it sounds like we have similar experiences going from look in the trenches, doing all that good stuff, to now being in the trenches and running a business. What was your time? You know, your time was it spent more on building the business, running the business or working with clients. What was that like? Yeah, I mean, it was all, all of it, really. You know, I was still doing training and, you know, I got, you know, we hired trainers, you know, to help us. But you know, at the end of the day, it was, it's really eye opening, you know, to have to understand that you really got to learn more about the business. Cause you, I, you know, you can't grow your gym if you're spending all your time training people, you know, that was kind of the big lesson, but you also have to free up that time or you, you still got to <laughs> have people in there training. Right. And you got to get those people in the door. So that really kind of became what it was. It was more about, you know, how do we get clients and get members at the gym. Uh, so just trying to figure that, that out. And then, you know, while I was running the gym and everything, I uh, had started this other company, a technology company, um, because I really felt like the, w- the future for trainers was, was in, you know, like I was saying, having a product, you know, in addition, you know, to, to coaching, right. Having other revenue streams. Right. And I think that's the big downfall for most trainers is just being really dependent on that one revenue stream, which is just coaching, you know, some of their time. And there's nothing wrong with that. I love coaching, but you know, you, like I was saying, it's hard to do 40 hours. Most people don't want to do 40 hours. You're going to get burnout. And so you really need, you know, other ways uh, to make revenue besides coaching. So little plug here. So it sounds like you're saying having a hybrid system of programs, products, and services is a good idea for trainers. Definitely. Definitely. Having um, a hybrid system, you know, we can talk more about, you know, that in a bit, how we connected and, and kind of developed that. But yeah, you definitely need uh, to have a, a good product, a good flagship program. That's kind of your backbone. And then, you know, everything really centers around that, you know, and, and at that point, you're not you know, coaching is, is not very tangible. So it's, it's really hard to understand, you know, and, and sell people on that. And a lot of clients, you know, they're kind of price shopping, you know, I don't think they really care about, like I was saying, your certs or, you know, it's really like, what, you know, how can I get in shape cheap, you know, and if you don't have, you know, things at different price points to offer them, you're just going to miss that entire market, you know, altogether. Yeah. And that money. <laughs> yeah. So that's a crazy transition. So military to in the trenches to running a business. Now you jumped over to technology. Something, you know, 
completely out of left field, so to speak. What prompted you to kind of jump into tech? And I think what I'm really asking is the best question is when I hear technology, it freaks me out. You know, I don't, I don't know HTML. I had to build a website and had to hire someone for that. Like it's real intimidating. Uh, the idea of just jumping into technology without a tech background is impressive. So what kind of, how did you do it? Yeah, great question. There was a huge learning curve, you know, because like you're saying, I didn't come from a, a tech background. And, you know, like you're saying, most fitness professionals and trainers, they're not, you know, they don't want to be on a computer. They want to be in the gym, you know, and I think you'll agree. But uh, even over the past year and all this COVID stuff, you know, we've kind of seen that you are going to have to, you know, get online and offer, you know, do some of your stuff, at least have some online offerings if you're going to have a thriving fitness business if you're even going to be in a fitness business because you know it's kind of and, and that's your career right um you're going to have to diversify like we say and, and and go hybrid and it's not just us it's happening in you know every industry hybrid is the new model right and that all that means is that you know you still have your coaching but in addition to that you also have things you know, it's, it's an option. You can do this in person or you can do it online or, you know, you can do a, a combination of both, you know, it's just having those options. And I, I really started thinking about this back at the YMCA, you know, I was, had already started thinking about, you know, I need, you know, other ways to, to make money because I knew that, you know, even if I could work 40 hours a week, which a, I knew I didn't want to train and be on one-on-one for 40 hours a week. So I'm, was already thinking back then, you know, like how, you know, how can I make more money? Cause I knew I wanted to work in the fitness industry and the only, I kept coming back to this flagship program thing, right? You got to have a program, you got to have a product. And then on top of that, okay. You know, obviously you're not going to be selling paper workouts, you know, I mean, that's, you can't, you know, most trainers, you know, there's kind of a progression, you know, you write the workouts on the paper and then, you know, Maybe you have a spreadsheet, but I just knew that eventually everybody would have to be able to deliver it, you know, electronically and not like I'm saying, not just through a spreadsheet, because that's not that's not very exciting. And, you know, if you just show somebody a spreadsheet, they're just like, OK, great. Or here's a piece of paper. But it's different when you, you know, get it on an app and you have videos and different things like that. So I just knew that, you know, to progress and you know, really have a profitable career, I needed to um, have a program. And then I started thinking, you know, like I wanted to help other trainers and, you know, get them to understand. Cause I also realized that I could only impact so many people. That was my, my really, my big awakening. I wanted to help people. And I think that's why all fitness professionals get into fitness, right? They want to impact people's lives. They want to change people's lives for the better, get them healthier, and I also knew that I personally could only impact so many lives. Guess what? There's tons of trainers out there that can, you know, impact the world on a, on a, on a mass scale. So I really wanted to get this information out to everybody. And it's a great app, you know, personally speaking from it. So you, you built this app, you're training people online, flagship programs, and now you're, you're using this app to help other trainers do the same thing, build their, basically build their system put the programs into a system that that's easier to use, easier to scale. Um, so what's the next step? How are you going to help more trainers? <laughs> well, that's kind of what this podcast is about, you know, and, and kind of, you know, even you and I being here right now to come, you know, full circle, you know, you and I teamed up 
for those people listening, you know, me and, and Nick met several years ago at a NSCA conference. And long story short, we kind of reconnected, I guess, what, about a year ago and, and decided to start creating this hybrid training system, you know, the course, you know, create a course with, you know, real textbooks and manuals to teach other trainers, you know, how to do this, how to uh, combine, you know, in-person online training. And, you know, also with that designing a flagship program and really grow their business. Yeah. And that's kind of where I'm coming from similar background where, you know, I left, you know, a great job to do my own thing. And, you know, I was able to build my online business, create the flagship program and that's what I've been doing. But yeah. So when we connected, it was great because I, I'm an educator at heart. Like I miss, I love working with clients, but I really miss working with trainers, sharing knowledge experiences. And, and yeah, we're going to bring this thing together, kind of share our stories about the tech side and how to optimize it with the businesses. But then from my vantage point too, it's, you know, I've, I've gone through this over the past year. So I'm real excited to be able to share this with, with other people, with other trainers. Yeah, I'm excited too. And, and, you know, I'm excited about this podcast. One of the other things I wanted to do was to interview really successful fitness leaders, you know, people who had had made it in the fitness industry and that were living their dream lives to come on to this show. And so we could talk about what, you know, what worked for them and how they got to where they are. And then, you know, share their wisdom and and advice uh, for other uh, fitness professionals so that they could you know, have the business that they wanted and, and, and live the lives they wanted and not be, you know, worried about paying their bills and, you know, just making, you know, ends meet getting by. So I'm, I'm really excited uh, for, for the future and to get other people on here to share that information. Yeah, I'm excited. And this first podcast for everyone listening is about just getting and my background, you know, how we went through the same struggles that most trainers do the things that you learn along the way. And, and, you know, I look forward to the list of people that we have coming up, the fitness professionals that are going to share similar stories as to how they got started, struggles they went through, what they've learned and where they are now. And hopefully it'll help fitness professionals around the world. Yeah. And thank you for everybody out there listening. You know, stay tuned, subscribe to our podcast, the Fitness Leaders Podcast. We're going to be bringing on the best people in the industry you know, so they, that they can share with you what's worked for them and that you can learn from them and have a thriving fitness business.